Praise the Lord. Good morning. Okay. Somebody said, sometimes when we fail to say praise the Lord, people get offended because we have reduced it to a greeting. But I want to thank God that you have appreciated whatever has happened. Let's bow down and pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we are grateful to be at your feet this morning. We thank you because of this beautiful day that you have given unto us. Lord Jesus, we invite you into our midst, O God. Holy Spirit, minister, in accordance with your plan for this very day, O God. Every soul that is seated in this room, Lord, you have a purpose for them. And I pray that as we share your holy words, you will begin to minister to the needs of each one of us, including me, Lord. We thank you this morning, this afternoon, because you are a faithful God. For in Jesus' name, we are prayed. It's good to be in the church again on a Friday morning. And uh, it's wonderful to be sharing the word of God. This afternoon, I want us to share on the subject of abiding in Him. Abiding in Him. We'll take some few verses. John 15 is a common passage that we all are familiar with. But I would like us just to revisit it and see what God has for us this morning. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that, he beareth, that beareth fruit, he purchaseth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, in verse 2, there are two, uh, three key words. The first set of words, there are two, in me. Can we all say, in me? In me. And then the second word is purchase, purchase. Uh, it's like pruning. Essentially what Jesus is telling the disciples at this point is targeted towards making them fruitful. And so he tells them that you are branches and I'm the vine. One thing I've realized is that uh, uh, certain trees, especially the ones that bear fruit, you will notice that, uh, especially like the vine, the taproot begins to move down, down, down. You never see it. But it has got an essential part that it plays. It taps into the nutrients from the ground and releases them to the branches. Praise the Lord. The stem has got the purpose of holding them together. And so, Jesus emphasizes, you want to stay upright, you want to stay alive, remain in me. That is why he uses that word, in me. Then he goes forth, he says, the branch that beareth fruit, it does not bear fruit, is taken away. But that one which beareth fruit is purged. I would have thought you would say, it, it is kept well. Now, if you look at the word purging, it has got a connotation of uh, removal of some material. And uh, if you have been brought up in a, a land 
where they grow tea, like India and Kenya, or where there's coffee, like Kenya, I don't know whether it's grown in India or Nigeria, you will notice that it comes to a time that the farmer has got to cut off some buds, budding from the branches. It's not because he just gets excited cutting. It's with the intention that the branch that indicates has got the potential of giving fruit may receive maximum nutrients in order to give more fruit. And that is what Jesus Christ is illustrating using this vine in this place. It is not a, a, a good experience when the purging process begins to take place. There is a town in Kenya, Kericho, where there are vast lands of tea plantations. The first time I passed there, it was all green, lush. It's just beautiful to look at them. They look so nice. And then another time I passed there, it was brown. They had chopped off all the green leaves. And I'm sure the tea leaves, the tea plantations were not enjoying the cutting process. They looked ugly. But later on again, you begin to see the leaves coming out and they are green. Beautiful to look at. Later again, there is that last green uh, whole plain looking green. It is so beautiful. The farmers want the best quality out of that tea. When it's becoming old, the leaves are not giving us the quality tea. At some time we used to boast in Kenya, we, are the, we produce the best tea in the world. At that time, those plantations were owned by Brookbond. And uh, everybody has tested Brookbond tea. So we used to boast we are producing the best. But the process of that tea being tapped into the best tea in the world, as we used to think, was not an easy process. It required a lot of keen uh, attention from the farmer. And the plants were being chopped. They were not just there growing on their own. There was a process of controlling them so that the best would come out of them. And this is the process that God wants us to endure as we abide in Him. It is good to know that we are in the Lord. But sometimes when the purging process begins, majority of us are on the complaining line. We don't receive it with gladness. We look at it as a process of, it's like God has tricked us into a situation that we are not very comfortable with. But there is never a servant of the Lord that has never gone through a similar process. Every person, every vessel that has been used of God has had to endure a purging process. It has had to undergo a purging process. I'll give you the example of Joseph. You know, when Joseph was shown the dream, he was so excited. He saw himself being the king, the father bowing before him. He, you know, he, he knew how to interpret dream, dreams also. He saw it. And that's why he rushed to the father and said, You know what? I saw you and mama in the form of the sun and the moon bowing before me. And then these ones in the form of stars also came to bow before me. Now, one thing that you must understand is it's very tricky. God will always show you where you are going to be, the good thing that you are going to be, but he will never show you the process through which you are going to go 
in order to attain that. Praise the Lord. Because if he showed you the process, many of you will say, I'm okay, Lord. Just get somebody else to get there. I'm fine where I am. So God has been so wise, he always withholds the information about the process. He will show you, he will indicate to you where you are going. And you will get so excited. You will go sharing with the people. Your, 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 your father in the Lord, your mother in the Lord, and your sister in the Lord. You will tell them, you know, I have a very strong feeling in my heart. God is leading me to do this. But he is not going to tell you what you are going to endure in order to attain that goal that he has set for you. Praise the Lord. And that is where you become prepared for that which is coming ahead of you. Joseph, at that time, he was excited. Every, it is the first time he saw sheaves bowing. Okay, I saw 12 sheaves bowing before me and the brothers were not very happy. Again, the next time he sees the sun and the moon in the dream, he rushes now, more excited. Because there's something which is being confirmed in his life. There is a push in his life. There's something is about to happen in his life. But when you begin to look at the life of Joseph, in order for him to realize his dream, he had to go in a, in, in, in a hole somewhere. Praise the Lord. And who was throwing him in the hole? The very brother, blood brothers, putting him in the hole. Then Reuben said, oh, no, this is not fine. He didn't understand why he was doing that. He was taken out and sold. They said, ah, collapse. Finish with that guy now. But that was the real process that God was taking him. If Joseph had not gone to the jail, he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have assumed the position he took. Because the person who relayed the information about Joseph was in the jail. Praise the Lord. It was important for Joseph to go to jail. In order for the plan of God to be fulfilled in his life. Now, I hear today, you know, a colleague of mine was in the office the other day and she had lent a, a friend a car, her car. Somebody, this, this friend shot through the red light. And you know, ROP, they are very patient. They don't bother. You look, no police have seen you and you break through. So when they went to renew, the license, I, I, that thing was generated and they marked somewhere. They told her, you're supposed to go in jail because you crossed the red light. This lady looked and said, uh-uh, this one is not possible. She came panicking. Show me who was in the car that time. Now, the car is hers, but I want to see who was driving the car that time. Now, what I'm just trying to illustrate is that the jail is not something, some place that people like going. Whether it is for two hours, you don't want to be there. Whether it is just for a few minutes, you don't want to be there. And I am sure, if God had asked Joseph, can I take you first to jail before lifting you up? He would say, can you look for another way in which I can rise to that position, Lord? He would have suggested an alternative. But God did not reveal to him. I'm sure Joseph looked and prayed that night and said, Lord, you know for sure, all my days I've been faithful to you. What is this that is happening? And God was silent. 
So he went to the jail, came out. Praise the Lord. He had to be purged. He had to be humbled. He had to be prepared to be a leader through the jail. Sometimes we quote Deuteronomy and say, I am the head and not the tail. But sometimes you have to be the tail in order to be the head. Praise the Lord. Sometimes God allows you to experience some things in life because He wants you to be sure that you are abiding in Him in order that you may realize His purpose in your life. Praise the Lord. A second person is Moses. Moses was born in a place that all of us would wish to be born. Praise the Lord. I have told you of a story of one student in our school who asked somebody, Do you know who I am? Because he's from a big family. They are proud. They love it. And Moses was in this category. Pharaoh's residence. Everybody else was suffering out there. He would have decided to remain there. But God had a better plan for this man. He said, this man, he must be meek. He must be a leader. But I must beat him down. That tough man in him must be broken in order that he may be a leader. Praise the Lord. So he caused some things to happen in the life of Moses. Moses had, got, had, had, a, uh, had to experience some things through the desert. And later on, he came back a humbled man. Praise the Lord. When God was telling him, now I'm sending you, he said, no, I can't speak well. Send somebody else. He had learned to humble himself. That is why they said there was no ever a meek man on earth like Moses. Praise the Lord. Something had happened in his life. I am saying when we abide in the Lord, yes, there is fruitfulness, but there is also a purging process. For a person who is abiding in the Lord, there will be a purging process in your life. This morning, I want to tell you that the experiences you are having today as a Christian, is not by accident. There is something for you, there are lessons for you to draw from those experiences. And God has got a purpose to allow them to come your way. Sometimes you may be praying over them for a long period, but it's not, it's not, it's not in vain that God has allowed some things to happen in your life. I'm not saying that you accept everything that comes your way. Hear me well. There are some things that you will stand with brethren to pray over, and it seems like they are not ending in your life. You know for sure we have called upon the name of the Lord. We have asked Him to intervene in this situation, but it continues to persist. Stop complaining. Begin to ask Him, what do you want me to experience in this, in this life? Praise the Lord. Because you need to abide in Him. And because he's preparing you to be fruitful, he will have to allow a purging process in your life. Praise the Lord. So abide in the Lord and you will be fruitful. For you to be fruitful, accept the purging process in your life. Second thing, if we look at verse 4, the Bible says, Abide in me and I in you. I look at the tone in which that, verse has, that statement alone has been given. And I begin to think, it was not by accident that that full stop was put there. Abide in me, and I in you. Then he posts, praise the Lord. You know, it's like Jesus is telling us, you know, I know what is important for you. You need to abide in me, and I need to abide in you. Have you heard? Have you listened? Have you accepted that? Obviously, there is a reason behind it. So he proceeds and says, 
As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in me, it abide in the vine. No more can he except he abide in me. But why is he emphasizing on this first statement? Abide in me and I in you. I want us to look at Deuteronomy 30, verse 15 and also verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, sorry. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, and death and evil. And then verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Before, therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Praise the Lord. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. This verse is also in the same tone, like the first statement. Because he has told you, abide in me, and I in you. It's a clear instruction. Same thing that happened in Deuteronomy 13, 19. I call heaven and earth to record. He wants them to be a witness. And he says, blessing and cursing have been laid before you. Death and life have been laid before you. He says, choose blessing and life. He's instructing you, choose blessing and life. The same way he has said, abide in me and I in you. It's a choice that we have got to make. Praise the Lord. It is a choice that we have got to make, to abide in him. In order that we may be fruitful. Because even in verse 19, the last part he says, Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. There is a result of that choice that you make. There is a consequence of the, the choice that you are going to make. Like he has told you in verse 4. In verse 4 he's emphasizing you abiding in him and him in you. Why? Because he wants you to be fruitful. Apart from him, we can never bear any fruit. Praise the Lord. Spiritual fruit can never be brought forth unless it is emanating from him. We go back to the vine. There is never a time the branch in the vine decides, today I want to bear fruit. Tomorrow I don't want. It only responds to the seasons and the supply of the, uh, the, the nutrients that are coming. Praise the Lord. And that is why it is important for us to realize, many times we live a life as though we are dependent on ourselves. But that is not true. The moment you begin to yield to God, like those two men I told you, there was a purpose for them having that experience in the law. Because in one, in one case, Moses, he was a tough man. He believed in his energy. He could solve things in his own physical way. But God did not want him to rely on that energy. Praise the Lord. God wanted him to rely on him alone. And so he had to break down that man in him and allow the spiritual man to grow in him. Joseph, could have just walked into that position without ever having an experience. 
But he had to have the experience in order that he may know it was not my own doing. God has taken me through this experience. And he's the one who has delivered me in this position. Praise the Lord. So the second thing that we, we realize is that abiding in him is a life of fruitfulness. If we don't abide in him, we do not bear fruit. Because we do not tap into the nutrients that God is giving to us. Only Jesus knows what he wants to make out of us. And unless we allow him to let his purpose be fulfilled in our lives, we will realize a different goal that is outside his will. Praise the Lord. Luke 8, 22, 25 and Mark 4, 35. Similar passages. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with the water and were in jeopardy. In Mark it says, they were fearful. They were fearful. The disciples panicked and came to him saying, Master, Master, we perish. Praise the Lord. In Mark it says, Master, don't you care thou not that we perish. Storms will always be there in life. Storms, financial storms will come. Job-related storms will come. Family-related storms will come. But one thing that you need to understand is that you need to abide in this man Christ. Then you will have a solution to those circumstances that you will be facing. If we look at this situation, it is very interesting. By the time these people have struggled, one of them notices Jesus is sleeping and snoring. That one I have added myself. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I had never known that I snow. Because you can't listen to yourself when you are snoring. But my daughters are the ones who made me understand that I actually snow. <laughs> I would come from my place of work tired and somehow I'll put my bag there and sit on the chair. And before I know it, I would be gone. And what would wake me up? People are laughing at me. <laughs> Daddy, you are snoring. Daddy, you are snoring. So sometimes you put on a tough, what's wrong with snoring? But <laughs> as embarrassing as it is, it made me realize that. But the sweet thing about that, the moment you are snoring, that gear of sleep is the sweetest. You are the, the most peaceful person, the most relaxed person at that particular situation. Praise the Lord. It is so surprising that Jesus can be so relaxed when people are panicking around him. That is what excites me about this verse. That while these people are panicking, because, you know, brethren, let us be real. You know, right now people are relaxed with their Bibles. If there was a siren here, there is fire. Some people will leave their Bibles here. Because panic sets in and people want to resolve things in their own style. The door will become so narrow for all of us. Because we will be packed there. We want all to escape. But one thing I want to thank God for on, in this particular situation. 
our Lord Jesus is relaxed. The di- disciples are moving over everywhere, trying to see how to save the boat, how to save their situation. But the good thing is that the Lord is relaxed. That's what satisfies me. So these guys got so surprised. They went, Lord, carest thou not that we perish? I don't know. I'm trying to imagine the reaction of Jesus Christ. Some of us will jump up. What? But Jesus seems to have just woken and <clears throat> be still. The storms ceased. Praise the Lord. The storms ceased. Why? Because he brings peace. He's the prince of peace. When the storms of life are swirling around us, our natural reaction is to panic. But when we abide in him, we have got a vine that is relaxed. We have got a stem that is steady. It doesn't care about the wind. Because it knows the tap roots are deep. It is holding family in the ground. The anger is holding. It can only sway a bit, but it will always be firm. Praise the Lord. And that is the reason why Jesus is saying, abide in me and let me abide in you. He has got a reason because he knows once you are in him, the panic that sets in, when crisis time comes, you will know you will sail above it. The storms will rise, yes, but he will lift you higher than the storms. He will lift a standard that you will sail over it. Praise the Lord. So be it job-related issues, be it family-related issues, be it financial crisis and storms, Jesus, the Son of God, is there. He's the Prince of Peace. Abide in Him. Learn to abide in Him. And He will make you peaceful. So the second thing we come to learn is that abiding in Him is a life that is devoid of panic and anxiety. Abiding in Him is a life that is devoid of panic and anxiety. That's why he says, fear not. Praise the Lord. Fear not. Kenneth, don't you fear? Don't you panic? Sometimes I do. Praise the Lord. But one thing I've realized, the human nature is, you are shaken at the first instance. But it depends the relationship you have had with God. Because immediately, that panic sets in. A voice comes and tells you, commit it to the Lord. Praise the Lord. But if you don't have this Prince of Peace in you, pastor, cell leader, you go to your manager, general manager, I've got this. This is happening. You'll find everybody in Muscat knows what you are going through. Sometimes when you see people smart like I am now, <laughs> praise the Lord. Sometimes you come and we shake hands, hallelujah, hallelujah. You don't know what people are going through. <laughs> praise the Lord. It is because this person has known panicking will not help anything at all. I smile with people, I will laugh with them, and this problem, I'll take it to where it needs to be. The Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So don't go announcing whatever you are experiencing to everybody. You stop even the taxi. Do you know what has happened in my life? You will get an accident on the road. Because when you are walking and your mind is 
you, you don't think. You'll just cross the road and the, you know how people drive in this land. Learn to relax in the Lord. That's what Jesus was telling the disciples in the boat. Relax, I am here. He never bothered to tell them, what is it? What is it? Hey, what happened? No. Be still. He stood and said, be still. And something happened there. These people discovered something new about Jesus. They had been walking with him. But when he said, be still, eh, even the wind, even the elements of nature, what manner of man is this? The next question was, what manner of man is this? A new discovery. Maybe that, after that, maybe that's when Peter said, I can walk on water. <laughs> he must have realized this man is above these things that we see. Praise the Lord. My brother, I want you to embrace this man, Jesus Christ. I want you to sink deep inside him. When my son was still small, I would try to, to release him, to threaten him like I'm dropping him. And the more I relaxed, the more he held me tightly. Somehow there was that instinct. This is the man who can save me. Are you getting me? The moment I tried to, to say, I'll, I'll drop you down, he, will, he would hold me to, so tightly. Because he knew, this is the man who will save me. The moment trouble comes, Jesus, I am with you. Hold him in prayer. Praise the Lord. Don't release until he intervenes. He is the Prince of Peace. He will pronounce peace in your situation. Praise the Lord. Verse 7. We are back in John. Not Deuteronomy. John. 15.7 If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Praise the Lord. If I ask Pastor, where is your checkbook? Maybe he has hidden it somewhere. Let me not use the example of Pastor now. <laughs> Back in my country, there are people who never work. But they must eat. They must feed their family. So if it means taking your food to give their family, they will do it. It is guaranteed the day will not end before they get something in their pocket. So sometimes they look for places, bus park. So we are a crowd. They strategically place themselves around. Then one of them will say, Chunga Mzigo. Do you know what that means? <laughs> Mind your luggage. Take care of your luggage. So, instinctively, you, people start touching their past. They want to know where the past is. And, oh, that was the past in this, this pocket. That was the past. Is. They take note of quickly. By the time you alight from your bus, the past is gone. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They must feed their family. No matter what happens. So, 
I'm not scaring, uh, we need tourists in Kenya. I'm not scaring you from coming to Kenya. <laughs> Come, but make sure you have got a chain on your purse. You tie it. <laughs> if your checkbook is there, People never sign all their checkbooks. They leave the checkbook and then keep it there. You don't sign. Do you do that? Why? Because if Kenneth gets it, <laughs> soon you will find the latest TV in this house. The carved one. It's no longer just a shirt. A coat is, is there. He will purchase everything he wants. A blank check. People don't leave their credit cards around. At least in my country, we, are, we have gone a step further. You bring credit card, bring your ID. Here, you just give credit card. Now they have become intelligent. It's the chief, you must know the PIN number. But verse 7, God is saying, I'm giving you checks signed. The only condition I want, abide in me. Praise the Lord. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask, that wo- ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Anything you will, I've given you that permission. Only condition, abide in me. Abide in me. Praise the Lord. How easy. How easy. But because of pride, we continue struggling. We want to show men. He, he thought, he planned, he achieved this. He did this, his, his family is like this. So that it is I, I, I. Surrender it to him. Praise the Lord. Let us abide in him. I've never seen a branch that comes, walks off the tree and says, let me look for nutrients, I'll come back again. And then comes and patches itself and says, now I'll give fruits. No. Relax. The wind just, they just dance in the wind. Praise the Lord. And when the season comes, the nutrients flow. And the fruit is given out. Praise the Lord. Abide in the Lord. Abide in the Lord. And everything will be done. Praise the Lord. John 1, John 6 1 to 15. There is this story of 5,000 people. And these people came to assemble where Christ was. They had the gospel, the crusade went on, it went on. And when Jesus Christ looked at them, he said, "Uh -uh, These people are going to perish. Praise the Lord. And he looked, the Bible says he knew what he was going to do. He knew what he was going to do. So that means he was not panicking. But let us see some characters there. Verse 7. Verse 7. Sorry, let's start from verse 6. 
Maybe from verse 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And, and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. He already knew what he was going to do. Relaxed. He knew the solution to the problem. There was a problem, but he knew the solution. Verse 7. Now, look at the first guy. Philip. Philip was also aware. He was conscious of the problem that was there. But because he was very good in calculus, he looked around 5,000 people. He kept quiet. When Jesus asked him, what are we going to do? Even if we had 200 penny worth of loaves, we cannot feed these people. Why did he choose on 200? Maybe that was a lump sum of money in those days. Praise the Lord. So he had already resigned in his life, this is impossible. The second gentleman is Andrew. Andrew was also concerned about the, the, the state of these people. But Andrew went round. What do you have? What did you carry? Did you come with anything? After he had gone round, he discovered there was a young man who had two fish and five loaves. So he was quiet also. If the worst comes to the worst, we will all land on those two fish and five loaves. So he kept quiet. When Jesus inquired, when Jesus inquired, he said, there's a young man here who has got two fish and five loaves. Jesus was grateful. He kept quiet. And then Jesus said, sit down. Now, there was a lot of faith in these people. That's one thing that I just get impressed. The green tables were laid. People went round the green tables. Or was it brown? Because this is sand. If it is in the tropical lands, then there's grass. But it is Middle East, must have been sand. So they went around sitting. My friends, there was no Martha catering services there. Martha was not there. But people sat patiently waiting for something to eat. Faith. Because Jesus has said, let us sit. And food was served and everybody ate. And we are told, twelve baskets remained. Praise the Lord. This morning, if I say we are going to have lunch outside here, the first thing, some necks will start stretching. <laughs> they want to assurance, is there the table there? Then they will look around, is Brother Daegu around? <laughs> if Brother Daegu is still in this hall, question mark, who is going to, to organize that thing down? And then they will look at Pastor Cloudy. All the ushers are in here and we are being told there's going to be lunch. Okay, let's go on. Make a mistake of telling them line up and there's no table. Uh, brother, today I may not be join you. I've got something to do there because they're not seeing it. Praise the Lord. But these people sat down patiently. They sat down. And the Lord worked on that faith. Praise the Lord. He worked on that faith. Multiplied. Became fruitful. Because he does not panic in such circumstances. Praise the Lord. He provided. He provided for their needs. Praise the Lord. 
So the other thing we learn is that when we abide in Him, He will always meet our needs. He will always meet our needs. Praise the Lord. Because He's Jehovah Jireh. We have, we have really beaten this man, the prodigal son. Whenever we, people stand on the pulpit, they really hammer that man, although he's already dead. <laughs> they say so many things about him. Reckless. Not respectful of the father and all those things. But had he not misbehaved, we would never have discovered our, our foolishness as Christians. Now people are looking at, are we fools? Let me not use the word, it looks so bad. We, we will never have discovered what we miss in the kingdom of God. Let me take you quickly through the story. The man went, he spent everything recklessly, then realized he needs to go back to the father's house. Praise the Lord. He came back. The man who thought he was okay, organized in the home, always obedient to the father, always doing what the father wanted, he was there about the business of the father. But when this man came back, in Tatars, the father went and looked for the fattest animal, slaughtered down there. It was prepared for him. Then something started working in the obedient son. How come all these days I've been here? Nothing has been prepared for me. He was bitter with the father. I have been obedient to you all these years. How come you have never done this? The father smiled and said, all these things I've been leaving them for you. You never took an opportunity to take them. Praise the Lord. That is the state in which we are. God has given us those blank checks. It is until men will come from the east. Men will come from the north. Men will come from the, east, the south. And take the fruits of the kingdom. Then the Christians will say, How come we have never been, this has never happened to us? We have been faithful to God all these years. Nothing has happened. Because you have never realized all things are there for you. Praise the Lord. He provides for all your needs. Verse 15. John 15, verse 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father... I have made known unto you. Praise the Lord. Jesus is kind of indicating some transition that takes place. He relates to people as servants and it reaches a point when they cease to be servants and become friends. Friends relate on equal level. Praise the Lord. Many times you see people who are affluent in their lives. They will have people working for them in the home. 
And when a friend comes in, they are discussing some deals, business deals, quietly. If somebody comes to serve them tea, they keep quiet. The tea is served, he just says, thank you very much. Then, can I, no, just give us some time, thank you. When the person leaves, then the story continues. Because there are some things that are only specifically directed to friends. They are not for everybody. The secret things. The man wants just to share with his friends only. Trusted friends. And that is what Jesus is doing here. He's telling us, when you abide in me, I'll do something. I'll elevate you from that relationship we have been having. A relationship of a, uh, a servant Lord. To a, a relationship of friends. Where we can share the secret things with you. Praise the Lord. Genesis 18.17 Genesis 18.17 Shall I hide this from Abraham? Shall I hide this from Abraham? That is what was troubling God at that point. Shall I hide what I'm about to do from Abraham? Why is God bothered? He is God. He can do as he wishes. But he has cultivated a friendship with Abraham to a level that he feels guilty to do something without Abraham knowing. Praise the Lord. That's why the scripture says he will never do anything before he reveals it to his beloved. Hallelujah. We need to move to a place where we begin to relate to God as friends. That does not come when you are outside the vine. You must abide in the vine. Praise the Lord. Then the secret things will come. Do you ever see the new trends? These days, people are learning in a different way. When we learned, it was just a chalk and board. First, it started with a clay. Some, some people are looking at me and wondering, where is this man? <laughs> you know these tablets you see people are working with here? It's not a new thing. The, the Bible says, everything, there's nothing new on this world, on the face of the earth. We used to have black ones. Who ever used that one? A black tablet with a small chalk. My friends, you used these things. <laughs> but they had no memory. You write and rub and everything is gone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I am saying, God wants us to come to a point where we relate the secret things he wants to share with us. Praise the Lord. He wants you to imbibe them, to have them, and let them be with you. Two reasons why it troubled God in withholding information from Abraham. Two reasons why it troubled the Almighty God. Withholding information from Abraham. First, Abraham was abiding in him. Praise the Lord. And proof for that it's because we have already said, if you abide in him, you will be fruitful. And God had already said in verse 18 that I will make you a father of nations. The potential of fruitfulness was already in Abraham. So that means he had the seed of fruitfulness. That means he was abiding in God. And God knew that. Praise the Lord. So because he was abiding in him, God could not hide his secrets from him. Two, 
He had become a friend of God. He had graduated from a servant to the position of a friend of God. And God does not hide things from his friends. He will always share them with them. Praise the Lord. Abiding in him brings about a new level of relationship. A personal relationship with God. Praise the Lord. When you learn to abide in him, by reason of tapping from him every day, by reason of re- receiving the nutrients from the vine every day, the relationship begins to move one step up until it comes to that of a friend. Praise the Lord. As we finish up verse 11, as we finish up verse 11, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Have you heard that? Have you heard that? These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. God wants you to abide in Him for very many reasons. But above all, above all, that his joy might remain in you and that you might be full. Praise the Lord. Paul discovered this in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul is illustrating his discovery of being in the Lord. In in, uh, chapter 1 verse 3, he says, Blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In, in who? In Christ. Verse 4. According as He has chosen us in Him before, he, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before, before Him in love. Verse 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us acceptable in the Beloved, in the Beloved, inside Him. Praise the Lord. Verse 7. In whom, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of His sins, according to to the riches of His grace. Verse 10. That in the dispensation of fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. All these things are in accordance with your abiding in him. Praise the Lord. Today is a special day, so we will stop there. I would like us just to stand. Want us to bow down as we meditate over what we have shared? Maybe what we have said is something new to you. It's something that doesn't make sense. Or want just to ask one question. Is there anybody who wants to surrender his life to Jesus Christ this morning? That you may begin to abide in him. Even a strange branch can be engrafted in the Lord. Is there anybody? We'd like to welcome you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you this afternoon. 
we give you honor and glory for who you are. As we leave this place, Lord, we pray that your, your, your favor may be with us. Lord, we thank you that you have ministered to us this afternoon and that your word will take root in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Even as we remain standing, let's just ask ourselves this question, are you abiding in the Lord? Ask yourself that question, am I abiding in the Lord? Matthew chapter 15 verse 13 says this, and this is what Jesus Christ said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. So if you aren't abiding in the Lord, the inference is that the next thing that happens is you will be uprooted. Now I believe none of us wants to be uprooted. So the answer simply is we need to remain planted in the Lord. The motto that I could make out for today is simply this. Root in Him, fruit for Him. Let's just thank the Lord. God has been speaking to us. Just say thank you, Father God. Prune me where I need to be pruned. Discipline me where I need to be disciplined. Prune me because you love me. You want me to be fruitful. Discipline me because I am your child. And you have said that there is always hope for me. I don't want to lose out, Lord. Where I have to be disciplined, discipline me. Father God, let me be in you and you in me. Let that equation never change. Tell God that you want to be in him. And tell God that you want him to be in you. Just talk to the Lord. Just talk to the Lord. Father God, we want to say thank you, Lord. You have spoken to us today, Lord. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that every one of us here will remain rooted in you, Lord. We will abide in you, Lord, Father, and you in us. Father God, I pray, Lord, that even as we abide in you and you in us, we will be fruitful, bearing good fruit, the fruit that brings joy to you, Lord, Father. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that even as that joy flows through you, it flows into us and through our lives, Lord, Father. Father God, I thank you, Lord, Father, for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord. We thank you, Lord, Father, that you have anointed him, Lord, Father. We pray that further anointing be poured upon him, Lord, Father, that he will bring words of wisdom to us. You will put the thoughts in his mind. You will put the words on his lips, Lord, Father, and he will bring it across to us. We pray, Lord, for blessings on his family, Lord, Father. And we pray, Lord, that you will take charge of their complete life, Lord. Father God, thank you, Father, for every one of us here. We pray, Lord, Father God, that even as we return, retire from this place, Lord Father, we will not go just having heard the words, but we will go having heard and implementing it in our lives. We thank you, we praise you. We give all praise, honor, and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.